0: Hello everyone and welcome to Minute Sixty One of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip to the nineteen eighty seven John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Heather Baxendale of the MILFCast. Welcome to the show, Heather.
1: Thank you for having me on. Hello.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. And you know, we'll 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 take a little drive, you know, along the highway, maybe go the wrong way. Who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll, Catch we'll have fire. a fun week. We'll have a fun week. We'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll you know we'll we'll be spark- We'll we'll make sparks. How's that?
1: That's all right. You know, we'll I create haven't smoked a cigarette in like twenty years. I think I might start again, just just for funsies. See what happens. See what I can set on fire.
0: Maybe. why not? It might work. It work, It worked for Dell. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so maybe it'll work. Hmm? Minute sixty one begins with Dell honking the horn excitingly. And ends with Neil seeing the snow on the ground whizzing past them. So anyone who's listening last week, Dell and Neil are in the car. Neil was sleeping. Dell was trying to get his jacket off. Ended up spinning the car around and accidentally getting on the, high, the freeway on the wrong direction. And they're driving down the road. And then a car pulls up next to them on the other side of the divider and starts yelling at them that they're going well actually they didn't even say anything to them at that point did they did they say that you're going the wrong way no i don't just, think they said you were going no, the wrong way yet I think no they, they said just... they said no well the the man says it to his wife he says holy <laughs> look at the guy on the wrong side of the highway he's gonna kill somebody and then they they start honking the horn right now first of all did, yes. did you I, I did a little bit of research of who these two people are right so oh. the the driver who's listed in the credits as John Moy, was born in 1939. I think his, his name is pronounced uh, Mojo or something like that. It turns out that he, he's not an actor. He has very few acting credits. He has 15 movie acting credits where he was in movies like sneakers. They call me Bruce towering Inferno. And then he has seven TV acting credits. Uh, two of them were episodes of the fall day. Now, Based on what I just said to you, what do you think his real profession was, is?
1: He's a driver. He's a stunt guy.
0: He's a stunt guy. There you go. He is a stunt coordinator. Very good. I I thought it was very funny that he was on the Fall Guy. I guess, you know, the the Fall Guy with with Lee Majors, they probably just had tons of, of real stuntmen or stunt coordinators in there. On IMDb, he has 139 credits as a stunt coordinator. Awesome. Okay, I mean he was he was even the stunt coordinator on the Sandlot, so I'll just give a, a shout out to Tierney who's 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 doing a, one of these, you know, minute by minute. She's doing inning by inning of 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 the Sandlot, which will come out in the summer. But you know, it, it's just great seeing that that she he also did the Midnight Run, he did Escape from New York, which was also a, a movies by minute uh, podcast by by Eric Deutsch. Uh, shout out to Eric there. And I mean he he only has thirty-six TV credits as stuntman as opposed to 139 movies. So, you know, he, he did a lot of that. Now, what I found even more interesting was is not only did, was he the stunt coordinator, but he was he's also an assistant director. Okay, he has 14 TV and movie credits, each of them, as as an assistant director. Okay, and some of the movies that he that he was the assistant director for is crazy. He he was the assistant director on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh wow! Yeah, which is not one that you really have that much stunt coordination need needed there. No, I, I wouldn't think. No, you know. And he also was the assistant director for The Hand of Rocks the Cradle. You know, with Rebecca De Mornay. Did you... Yeah, that's a
1: that's a drama thriller. Yeah, there's not too much. Too much, I think, that would require stunt work in that. Right. So, I mean, interesting. Most
0: of the time, he's listed as the second unit director. So I did a little bit of research to find out what that means. So a second unit director is basically the stunt director. Okay? It's oh, okay. So, I, I mean, I, I, I learned I learned from this also. I, did, I didn't know that that's, that's the reason. I mean, I know that they have pickup shots, you know, that they do separately without some of the actors sometimes and stuff like that. But I never thought about the fact that here they have a stunt coordinator – who's doing, you know, directing. And so he's, so basically what I found out was a second unit director, there's, well, the second unit is a discrete team of filmmakers tasked with filming shots or sequences of a production separate from the main or first unit. The second unit will often shoot simultaneously with the other unit, allowing the filming stage of production to be completed faster. So if you don't need the actors and you're just using stuntmen and stuff like that, you can film it separately. Okay, so it says here the the functions of the second unit vary, but typically the first unit films the key face-to-face drama between the principal actors, and the second unit does one of two things. They're either doing the action sequences, which are normally filmed in discrete locations using stunt performers rather than the principal cast, and require significantly different types of filming arrangements for them to, to, to make it instead of the, the ordinary way that they, they film scenes, and this gives you know, a, a different opportunity for the second unit to do their shooting in a different style. And then the second choice is, is that the second unit does pickups. As I, as I mentioned before, without even thinking about that, it's connected here. So basically what pickups do is after the main unit is finished in a particular set or location. So sometimes there are shots that they need that are more for the background and stuff like that, but they don't need the actors there. So they will bring in the second unit team to, to deal with that. Right. Sometimes there might be close-ups or inserts or cutaways or establishing shots and things like that. So yeah. That yeah so sense. basically, the the second unit is to to help make the the film more or the filmmaking more efficient in the way that they can use their re- resources and you know it's it's also less expensive to be doing it at the same time.
1: And they do that more often than you think too. Yeah. I just uh, read an article strangely enough about the cutting edge and db sweeney had never put on skates before he was in that movie in, in the movie Boyer he Kelly didn't either had
0: broken early. <laughs> well no he put on skates sorry he put on skates <laughs> but he couldn't he couldn't uh do ice skating he just
1: <laughs> yeah well he learned just like he did for the film i guess he's he's quite into playing hockey and plays with um some retired chicago blackhawks yeah. uh players in a beer league now but <laughs> what they told him was, you know, you don't have to be that great. We just want to get shots of you where you're in the skates for the most part. And we'll have a double do it for you. So, I mean, how many of those shots would they have required him to actually be present for and be able to do exactly that? Yeah. Filming tons of it. And more Kelly, because she had broken her leg in the first week. So uh, yeah, that, that, that makes, that
0: makes a lot yeah. of sense. So there's, there's one, most, most film crews work this way. There's one notable exception. Can you think of any director that you think, that would prefer to do all the action scenes, also, as opposed to doing everything else. Just give a guess. It doesn't
1: a director? Oh, I would, I would throw Cameron out there. Um, maybe Michael Bay. Probably Michael Bay.
0: Um, okay, so what, what I found yeah, is the maybe... answer. The answer to that is is Christopher Nolan. That makes sense yeah. too. So that makes Chris, sense
1: too. I was thinking a director that would want to shoot every
0: single shot yeah. himself
1: would be David Fincher, but <laughs> but yeah, action. Nolan, that, yeah, so
0: Nolan. Nolan uh, prefers to have you know Wally Pfister and his crew do all the, the filming of everything. So yeah. Okay, so that's the the screaming driver. So the screaming driver's wife is played by a woman named Victoria Vanderkoot. Okay, um, I, I don't know how old, I don't know what year she was born because uh, IMDb doesn't say that. And what do you think she does?
1: Her, I don't know.
0: She's also a stunt person. She's a stunt woman.
1: Oh, well, I guess there you have yeah. it.
0: Yeah, she. That's
1: that's neat. I like that. I like that when you and you see it more now too. You're seeing a lot more um, stunt coordinators that are actually turning into directors mm-hmm. for action yeah. films, and they're a lot of fun. Like Extraction, great. Uh, Atomic Blonde, fantastic, fun. Um, but. It's neat too when you get to see them show up and actually play
0: parts in movies, and you can look back later and say, "Oh, hey, there he is, there right. he is." So she she's a stunt woman. She has forty movie credits as a stunt woman. She it was the stunt double for Jennifer Beals in Flashdance. Okay. She was uh, the stunt double for Anne Archer in Mojave Moon, and also in a film called Love at Large, which I actually enjoyed. Uh, the Tom Berger also and she has 10 TV credits she was on three episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful and she was she played the stunt stunt double for uh, Kimberly Brown I've, I've never seen The Bold and Beautiful I have no idea but I just find it really funny that a soap opera needs a stunt double Yeah, you know, maybe it's like
1: I, I'm sure there's lots of I was
0: going to say someone's and slapping and falling down the stairs you know
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Dramas type stuff. Yeah, I mean she has she has a few credits as uh, as an actress. She has six movie credits as an actress, three TV credits as an actress. She's also the sound effects librarian in a movie called Vamp, which came out in 1986. Never heard of that movie. And then she was also a set dresser in the movie Dead Air, which came out in 1989. So again, I I like the fact that they needed two people for this small little role and they small little roles, which to me, these are roles that are very iconic. It's very they're very memorable roles and they just said, "Okay, we'll give it to two stunt people (laughs) and it's great, you know, so. It
1: works out perfectly. It's a
0: very important part of the movie. It is. It's it's one of my favorite lines, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So now we can actually start talking about the minute. (laughs) Because we haven't even start- we haven't started yes! with that yet. <laughs> so, basically, Neil was was resting his eyes, and and he sees that that Dell is honking his horn excitingly, very loudly. You know wh- what's great is is you can, if you've seen this movie before, so you can notice that in behind Dell as he's pounding on the the horn, you see smoke rising from the back seat. You know. Yeah,
1: I noticed that this time. I was paying more attention to it in fairness. Yes. But but little little bits like that, especially when you have watched a movie multiple times too, it's so neat to see the details mm-hmm. of the time that was put in to the, to the layers to it to make it yes. feel so real. And, and that that's fantastic. I noticed that. Yeah. So I was so excited. I was like, oh, look at that! <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching for something.
0: Okay, that's good. <laughs> Why not? Well,
1: well... Again, we're paying we're paying attention to the details here. This is minute by minute. So we're watching every that's little right. thing that's happening, and and when you hit all the marks when you're doing
0: that, it's definitely yeah, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Which is why I love doing this. <laughs> so Neil Neil says to Del, "Hey, what's going on?" And then Del responds, "Some Joker wants to race." <laughs> now, what do you what do you know? <laughs> and he, like he gets into into the mode, you know if it, you I, I was waiting for him to like take driving gloves and start putting them on and like pulling them you know like like in um Better Off Dead. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay, so so to me anyway, Del is just like a, a tornado of chaos. And
0: yes. it,
1: and that's what is so I mean he's supposed to be the antithesis of Neil, but you never know what direction he's going to take it. And because it's John Candy playing the part, you know that there's room for him to either ad lib to which in these sequences he yes. does not but
0: the movie ad libs a lot yes and these <laughs> there's there's
1: and this this particular time there's there's not but you still expect there's there's nothing in between the lines there what is what is he actually going to do physically to right. to, to add to it exactly he's a great great physical comedian
0: <laughs> yes, no question about it. And we're going to get a lot of the, the, this 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 minute, yeah. especially. Do you know how long the original cut of this movie was? No. I mean, the movie's yeah. 93 minutes. Yeah, it's relatively so how long, short. Yeah. So how long do you think the original cut was? John Hughes's original cut before he had the – and it was based on the shooting script. They they filmed everything. How long do you think it was? Two hours. Three hours and 45 minutes. Wow. Wow, that's leaving a whole <laughs> other movie on the cutting which I is killing, leaving. <laughs> that's right. It's even even more. I mean, think about it. I, I, I've said this numerous times. I did the Great Escape la- last year, uh, last season, and that was 172 episodes. This original cut of the movie is an hour longer than that. Wow. Okay, and I, I, I mean, one of the things it, that I though. discuss every day is the script. I would love to also see it, but but the best thing that we can we'll never be able to see it because who knows where the 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 actual footage is, but. If you read the entire script, which we've been doing day by day on this on this podcast, you get an idea of what was cut and you can understand why most of it was cut. Not because it was bad. It was just – it dragged things on a little too much. And the you idea know, is you want to get through the movie. That's, that's fair. But there, there are some good sequences.
1: Especially with comedies. Um, and, and for me – and some people can't sit through movies like this because the anxiety drives them crazy. I 100% understand that. Um, but you need that – this one is something where there's these little bits that const that build really fast and explode. Yes. And and yeah, you can only, you can only sustain that for so long before it, it becomes chaos in your own, in your own life. But I was thinking while I was watching it too, the other night, I was like, this is kind of nice because for the most part now your standard movie is not, you're not going to see, you know, a 93 minute movie. You're just not ever anymore.
0: It's, it's that's kind what, of refreshing and nice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just to give you an example, one of the things they cut out of this movie is there was an entire subplot where Neil's wife, Susan, thinks that he's cheating on him. And every time they're on the phone, she hangs up on him angrily.
1: Okay, I can now, see maybe, that, and I'm glad that they didn't
0: put that in there. I, I am too. I'm very glad that they, yeah. they, they cut that all out. But they, they edited it so well because you can, you can get an idea a little bit that she's a little bit annoyed here and there, but – They still there. There are scenes that I've I've discussed already that that they cut part of a line, and it's just done so well that you don't even notice that part of that line was was cut. It was shortened, and then there's also scenes that were ad ad libbed, like the entire fight in the in the motel room is completely ad (laughs) libbed. That doesn't surprise me at all. The whole idea where where Steve Martin says, you know, uh, here's a gun, you know, go kill yourself. You know, that, that, that was all ad and it's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. So, okay, Dell mentions the idea of racing. So what do you know about street racing besides Fast and Furious stuff?
1: I've, I've done and been present for a little bit of it myself. That, <laughs> it doesn't usually start like this, I can tell you that much.
0: <laughs> <It's, But laughs> I, wait, are you I, saying with people that you know or with people that – random people?
1: Your random street people that you do meet on the street, not quite in the same capacity as the film here, but yeah, occasionally. um I had a '76 Torino when I was like 19, and Mm. it was a big old boat of a car, and it had a powerful engine in it, and that car still hauled butt. And I was a girl driving it in the '90s, late '90s, so I would have guys pull up next to me all the time and rub their engines, and we would take off from, from wherever. So there's that, and then there were places nearby, too, where kids would take their cars, and I mean, now they're all subdivisions, but, you know, 20 years ago, there was lots of dirt roads and that kind of stuff, and people would take their cars, and, and they would race them, but that's oh, wow. about as, yeah, that's about as close to it as I think I've, I've experienced. I heard stories of other things, but but yeah, mostly just stuff at the stop, light. you want to go? Yeah, all right, we'll go.
0: I mean, I, I I would do that with my friends also. I mean, I, I grew up not 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 far from where you are, you know, in yeah yeah in in Southfield, and I remember like on Saturday nights, you know, when I was a senior, you know, when when finally we all had cars, you know, so we would be, uh, you know, in the in on uh, you know on one of the one of the main highways at at uh, you know one o'clock in the morning or something like that, where it's completely empty, and so you know we would say okay we're at a red light, you know let's let's just Let's just do it. And we would do a little bit, you know. Wouldn't be, we didn't go crazy, with the no. whole thing. Not, not like what you see in movies where people go nuts and, you know, they they run through red lights afterwards and stuff like that. You know, Nothing we were like we were scared that, no. exactly. We, we were completely <laughs> scared of of ever getting caught, you know, by doing that. It was it was. I wouldn't necessarily call it really street racing, but the idea was is no. okay. We were we were racing a little bit. So you did street, race a little bit. <laughs> exactly, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And and I didn't even, th- I haven't thought about that in 30 something years, you know, right now that we're talking about it makes me remember, but you know, so street racing is typically an unsanctioned or illegal form of auto racing that occurs on a public road. Racing in the streets is considered an ancient hazard as horse racing occurred on streets for centuries and street racing in automobiles is likely as old as the automobile itself. Okay. It became pretty prevalent during the heyday of hot rodding in the 60s and then again with the muscle cars in the 70s and in the 90s with Japanese imports. Okay. It can be both popular and hazardous with deaths of bystanders, passengers and drivers occurring every year. Oh, oh, wow. This is really cool. In the United States, modern street racing traces its roots back to Woodward Avenue in Michigan. Sweet. That was one of the places where I did it also.
1: I was going to say I've done it down
0: Woodward before. Yeah, me too. In the 1960s, not I wouldn't I didn't do it in the 60s, but but I did I did in the late 80s, early 90s, where the three main Detroit-based American car companies were producing high-powered performance cars. That that's really cool, you know. That it that you and I are both from the same we've been in the same place where this this all originated. Okay, so the dangers from street racing include serious injuries, legal consequences, and (laughs)
1: yes death my dad um i've heard many stories about him he his dad was a detroit police officer he they moved to marine city um i think in the 60s sometime late 60s okay and if you know marine city there's there's still even after all these years nobody lives there it's a tiny tiny town (laughs) so they would (laughs) they would go off into the dirt roads, the farm, the highways out where nobody was. And I've heard many stories about him and all of the cars that he crashed.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: there's quite a few that and, he.
0: And did your grandfather ever pull gone. him over?
1: Gosh, no. And that's what I was. I've always wondered. I'm like, my dad was scary to me when I was a kid. And my papa was even scarier than he was. And I'm like, how did you turn into such a wild person?
0: <laughs> all of these
1: crazy stories that he told me later. As, a, as an adult, I was like, what did you do? I was such a good kid compared to you, and you thought I, you treated me like I was a criminal. It's so funny.
0: Isn't that what we all do? But <laughs> Even as parents, we do it, that. Yeah.
1: It is. It is. But, yeah, yeah. I'm like, did you do that just, you know, on purpose because your dad was a cop? I don't know. Right. It's one of those things. Maybe you rebel harder because of the conservativeness.
0: Could be. Could be.
1: I have known nothing about rebelling or street racing or anything. I take back everything right. I said. That's all.
0: No, of course not, of course not, of course not, of course not.
1: Yeah. Allegedly.
0: No proof, no done. proof, no proof. So according to, according to Wikipedia, since the year 2000, just in LA itself, 179 people have been killed in street racing related accidents in 20 years. So that, we're talking, what what is it, that? that's like 10 people a year almost. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably because people watch Fast and Furious movies. <laughs>
1: So true. I've I've never never seen anything even close to like that in existence. So I don't know if that actually happens in in certain areas. I'm sure there there are things, but I feel like it's all cinematic right. funsies. Exactly.
0: And then then we get a shot of the the, the, the driver in in the other car, and he starts uh, you know motioning and he screams, "Turn around!" And Neil just looks at him and is trying to figure out what's going on, and he motions. To Neil that he should roll down the window, okay. And you see that that Dell is getting like really, really interested and enthusiastic about about the racing. You know, it's like it's woken him up. You know, and then Neil says to him, "Don't race. That's ridiculous." And he goes, "All right, come on, come on, let's go, let's go." And then once again we hear the the driver from the other side scream, "Put your window down." And then Neil says to Dell, "Oh, he wants something." And Dell goes, ah, he's probably drunk. Now and
1: then he goes, glug, 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 Exactly. The part
0: where he- <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. The, not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. We're it's almost there. Right. But they can't see me anyway. Right. What What's funny is is that the you know Dell's first thought is there's something wrong with the other guy. It's not that there's something wrong with me. I've I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs>
1: well, that's kind of. Know, par for the course with him yes, there's not there's not a lot of self-awareness or yes. accountability when it comes to him at all nothing he's done has ever been his fault
0: yeah <laughs> so then neil rolls down the window and and the, the neil first of all neil is trying to talk some comments as in it's it's like we're trying to get home there's absolutely no reason to right now try and get into a race like what's the big deal you know and and then Neil tries to listen, and he, you can – the, the man and the woman in the car, he screams, you're going the wrong way. And then Neil, Neil, Neil he's like, holding his hand to his ear and goes, what? And then both, the, the, both of the, the couple says – they scream, you're going the wrong way. And, and this is the thing that gets me. I mean, I actually tried this today on my way home from work. I rolled down the window, and I started screaming out the window. Okay. And the only thing that I heard was on the wind, you know, there were other yep. cars around and the cars were relatively closer than, you know, there's, there was no median between us and nobody could hear me. I mean, I'm glad that no. we could hear me because they would think I'm just this crazy guy, you know, driving down, driving to the highway, screaming, you know, screaming, <laughs> you're going the <laughs> wrong way. Cause that's what I actually was screaming in order to oh, test. That's out. Even better. I, I, Fantastic. Was, I wanted to test it out. Committed. I wanted to be able to, Committed. to, to discuss this today, you know, about whether it's possible or not, and it, I don't think it's possible. You know, it it, it just bothers me that he's actually able to hear and understand. He can he could probably see that the guy's trying to say something to him, but he wouldn't necessarily know what he's trying to say to him. You know, so
1: no, and maintaining the speed that they were both at, which if you're on the the freeway, too, you're you're absolutely not going to be able to stay at exactly the same pace next to each other and have yeah. Even a challenging conversation
0: yeah. like that. No. I, I, and let's say, let's say even back in the 80s they were going 55. You know, it's still, you're not going to be able to hear anything. No. Nope. And nope. and then Neil, for some reason, is able to understand what he says. And he turns to Dell and goes, he says we're going the wrong way. <laughs>
1: but this is, this, this is the best part for me. This is one of my favorite lines and,
0: in the whole movie. Yeah, and then Del turns <laughs> to him and says, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going?
1: He goes, yeah, how would he know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like, and it's just it's great <laughs> thinking about it because like there really is two ways of, of thinking about the the term wrong way. You know, there's the wrong way of you're going in the wrong direction or you're going to the wrong place. You know.
1: Yes, but I also think that comes right back to Dell's personality. With uh, it wouldn't occur to him that he was going.
0: It the wouldn't to anybody. The road. You'd be driving and you wouldn't think to yourself I'm going I'm I'm driving, you know, down the wrong side of the, the highway. Especially
1: if you if if you've made enough mistakes to be going the wrong way on the highway, your self-awareness is clearly not That's high. True.
0: So That's true.
1: it's fair. It's fair. It's totally plausible. That is true. But but also the the drunk thing plays off with that too because why would they be telling them that? Why would they have that information that they're not going where they're supposed yeah. to? Which for a more a person who wasn't up driving all night and had more self awareness too would be going, Well, that's true. Why would they be doing that? Maybe they're not drunk. Perhaps I should consider this and think of this differently. But no, we're not we're not there with the no. the two of no. them. And Neil's just waking up and not fully together yeah. either. So you've got two half brains
0: working. Correct together <laughs> completely so basically i i decided to do a little bit of research as to wrong way driving okay now how how would you how what else how would you call it otherwise there's there's another term for it as opposed to saying wrong way driving i
1: don't know um ass backwards
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't, hell yeah. Okay, so so that? based
0: on what I found, it's called counterflow driving. Okay, I've never heard Neither
1: of it. Neither have I. I've before. never heard of it either,
0: but but it's it's an interesting, and it actually makes more sense than wrong way driving. You know. It does. It does. <laughs> so counterflow driving is the act of driving a motor vehicle against the direction of traffic. It can occur on either one- or two-way roads, as well as in parking lots or in parking garages, and may be due to driver intensity inattention or impairment or because of insufficient or, or confusing road markers or signs signs. Or <laughs> a driver from a right hand traffic country being unaccustomed to driving in a left hand traffic country. Yeah, I could see that happening have you have yeah. you seen the movie LA Story Absolutely. with uh with Steve Martin?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So Victoria Tennant plays his wife in that movie and or plays plays his girlfriend. And Victoria Tennant is his, was his current wife at the time. And every time she'd get in the car, she would start driving on the wrong side of the road because she was from you know, she's from England. And then it says here that uh, people intentionally drive in the wrong direction because they missed an exit for thrill-seeking or as a shortcut. I can see
1: people doing it for a shortcut or because they missed an exit. Because I see people do dumb yeah. stuff like that all the time. People who missed a light. Like you know, you made the mistake. You should probably just pull into a driveway yeah. and turn around. That's that would be the thing to do. But no, we'll just cut off all traffic and make everybody yeah. stop. <laughs> that 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 happens way more
0: often. Correct. Than not. So what they say here also is is that on divided highways or especially freeways, it's a serious problem because of the high speeds usually involved, and it usually more than likely will will cause a uh, head-on collision. Which uh, might happen here? Who knows? How many people you think are killed every year in crashes <laughs> caused by drivers heading in the wrong direction in the US? One hundred and seventy-three. Three hundred and fifty-five. Jeez. you 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 were halfway. Uh, you were halfway there. I
1: was. I was trying to be gentle.
0: Ugh. Yeah. They say that there's there's an average of one point three four fatalities in every one of, any counterflow driving accident.
1: Okay, you know what. Thinking of it in this perspective too, I could see that happening a lot more down regular regular streets and and roads than yeah. on the freeway. That yeah. that makes a little bit more sense. In fact, putting that thought into mind, I would expect it to be a little bit higher.
0: Right. Now there are places where it's actually illegal to to to, to do counterflow driving. In New Zealand, it's counted as careless driving. And you can get up to five years of imprisonment if they catch you doing it. So, yeah, that, that, that's a problem. <laughs> now, there are actually cars that now have a function in them for to to warn against wrong way driving, which actually is really cool. Okay. You know, they they, they introduced the system in 2010. It basically is able to read if signs are backwards and things like that, so it will.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, so it's it starts telling people about it. So, I mean, I found that there are three main cars that have it. There's a Nissan car. So Nissan, they developed a GPS uh, warning system to alert drivers traveling in the wrong direction. Okay. And because uh, it uses GPS positioning and map data and vehicle speed to try and figure out if the, the vehicle is, is going the wrong direction. And so that's really cool. Then you have Toyota. In 2011, introduced the wrong-way driving alert incorporated into navigation systems. So it gives on-screen and voice alerts to wrong-way drivers. Yeah, you and, know and, and, it's and,
1: lovely, but it's just putting us closer and closer to Skynet every day.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, Skynet happened 30 years ago, so
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Gosh, so we, we're in Skynet already, <laughs> or we're in the Matrix. One of the two.
1: Okay, that was funny before, like, three years ago, and now there's too many people that taking it way too seriously. Yes,
0: that's very true. That's very true.
1: <laughs> if we are, I'm eating that's steak true. right now. I'm eating my steak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then in uh, 2013, Mercedes-Benz also added that function to their cars. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool, the the idea that, that they actually, you know, came to the realization that they need to add this into cars.
1: I think it's it's pretty cool because – yeah, I'd say probably most of the circumstances I would gather were, were drunk driving or people falling asleep at the wheel, um, and there's or trying to get a, to take
0: their jacket off while they're driving
1: or trying to take their jacket off, which that is something that I would do.
0: I've done that. I've done that. I would get
1: stuck and then whole I've I've
0: I've taken my jacket see. off.
1: <laughs> or oh, if you really want to get crazy, take a hoodie off. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild <laughs> out there.
0: Yeah, completely. So as as we were saying, so Neil then says, yeah, how would he know? <laughs> Back to what we were saying before about, you know, how would they know where he's going? So then Neil does a really, really funny thing. He, you know, Steve Martin also is great with the gestures here because he, he starts making all these gestures, you know, thanking them, you know, for 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 giving them the information. That Okay, thank you. And he starts like waving a little bit. Like, you're nuts. Yes, yeah, I can't exactly. believe you're doing that. And then Dell Del starts honking his horn, you know, thanking them also and stuff like that. And and then uh, you know, then Dell says to to you, know, "What a moron!" <laughs> again, completely believing that the problem is there, not yep. not a, not by them. You know, that's once again the you know, there's no problem with Dell. There's the. That's fine. That's
1: exactly. never been anything but fine. Everything's fine.
0: That is correct. And, and then basically, once again, they scream, you're going in the wrong direction. Now, again, how would they know that they misunderstood it before they were saying That's you're going the wrong true. way?
1: That's true.
0: So, somehow, well... somehow the stunt, stunt coordinator and stunt, and stunt double were able to figure out that, you know, we, we meant to say you're going in the wrong direction, not the wrong way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Maybe they have, you know, like some kind of
0: magical hearing Telepathy. device. Could, Telepathy.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, that never occurred to me. That's
0: a good point. And then Dell does the, the, the mime act that you were talking about before, where he's pretending to drink. He, like, takes, <laughs> takes like, two sips of a drink type of thing, and then he... You know, starts moving his whole body and pretends to to be drunk by by like wiggling his his, his whole body as he's doing it. You know, and, and the that funny thing is, right is,
1: there is just gold. It's so John Candy. Just it's so much. So many of these scenes, too. I feel like you 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 want to be more. You would be more frustrated. There would be more of that rigid anxiety you'd get from them not understanding what's going to happen, and you already as the viewer are anticipating what's coming because they've given you a shot prior to this. But he's so hilarious that you you just forgive anything he does.
0: Yeah, (laughs) completely. Now he he makes us all these gestures, but the other drivers are not going to be able to see him do it. You know, he's doing it. He's doing it for us. He's not doing it for them. (laughs) There's, there's no question about it. And then you see like Neil, you see like a light bulb. You know, uh, above his head, basically, because then they scream. They scream one more time. They say you're going to kill somebody. Yes, and And, you kind
1: of see the the look on his face where he's like, oh, uh oh.
0: Which once again, he's got super hearing. Mm -hmm. We've got we've got superheroes in the car here, (laughs) in both cars. We
1: we do. They survive a lot in this movie. I'm inclined to believe that they are.
0: That's true. That's true. Now, what's funny is that they say you're going to kill somebody. They don't say you're going to kill yourselves. They don't care about them. You know, they're... No,
1: because they probably think that they're drunk. That's true. And and and, and therefore parts, they deserve. They deserve it. Yes. Now, if they were falling asleep, which I mean, was the initial state that that Dell was in prior to this was he was tired listening to music loud acting acting a fool but we've all done that when we've been tired and and when you are tired and driving it's it's almost as bad as being drunk yes i've fallen asleep driving before it's terrifying i was at a stoplight thankfully um but it's it's terrifying so yeah if I'm out in the middle of the night and it's bad weather, which is what they've been experiencing, it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm, and also it's that close to Thanksgiving. You're going to probably assume that the person driving the wrong way down the freeway is hammered.
0: Yeah, and it's the night before Thanksgiving. This is this is oh yeah, you know, this is the biggest drinking night. This of is the Wednesday year. night. This is you know. Yeah. So yeah, now <laughs> so. Basically, Neil starts to begin that, that maybe he, we see that he's starting to dawn on him what they're actually saying, you know. And we see him looking out the window, and then he looks towards the ground, and he, as he's looking towards the ground, he sees there's snow whizzing by, and that's pretty much how this minute ends. So yep. we're, we're gonna have to wait until tomorrow to find out what he learns from this and what he figures out. Who knows? Yeah, it's a, it's a puzzle. That is right. So. There, there are a few discrepancies in in the script, not that many, but the, the dialogue is is a little different. Basically, the the driver's driver in the other car doesn't say anything; he basically just is waving his arm the whole time. And then Dell says to Neil, "Is he waving to you? Do you know him?" <laughs> and and the, they're looking at him, and the guy keeps keeps uh, waving to them, and the you know Neil cups his hand to his ear, trying to understand what the guy's saying. He's able to. Uh, to not able to hear it. And then finally, you know, we in the script, we never, it's never written what the other driver is saying. And then Neil at one point goes, Wrong what? And he goes, What? And then you have the driver shriek again. And then Neil turns to Dell and says, He says we're going the wrong way. And Dell goes, He's drunk. How do you know where we're going? And then we have Neil shrug. And then it says a long beat as things start to come into focus. Neil snaps his head around and looks out the window. So, I mean, it's, It's more effective. Yeah, it's very close. It's more effective the way that we get to see it in the movie where we actually get to hear what the other driver is screaming because it's just funnier. I mean, I I had a roommate years ago, and he and I would always quote this movie all the time. And this was the biggest quote that we would always give. You know, we would always say, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) And we would just burst out laughing. This is is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to finally talk about it. Every Monday, we have a, a segment called Martin Monday, where my guests will give us their top five performances of Steve Martin, starting from number five and working their way up to number one. So, Heather, what do you got?
1: Number five is probably not one of his most beloved ones by other people, but I love Sergeant Bilko. I love it so much. It's kind of bonkers. And Phil Hartman, my heart for Phil Hartman. But he's a con man who's basically conning all these people in in the army. If you haven't seen it, please just just watch it. It's delightful. And the hovercraft at the end is is wondrous. But I'm a big fan of this one. Cool. Uh, my number four is another one that I think is under... This one I think is underappreciated and needs to be loved more. And it's Bowfinger. I never get tired of watching this movie. And it actually makes me laugh out loud, which I do not do often every single time I watch it. And my brother and I still always go, K-I-T. Keep it together. (laughs) (laughs) I use that at least once a week in my life. Cool. Number three. this This is a beautiful movie.
0: It's Parenthood. Oh, I love Parenthood.
1: Yes. When I was pregnant with my current five-year-old, I sat my husband down who had somehow grown up in the 80s and not seen this movie and said, you need to watch it. And now he loves it as well. But I think the the, the part where they talk about having three kids and then they, they get to the point where they say, you know, the third one, you just let them juggle knives.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is that is the essence of having more than one children. I'm on three, so I, I understand. There you
0: go.
1: <laughs> uh, number two for me is The Jerk. I love The Jerk. I love The Jerk. I love The Jerk. It's It shouldn't be an okay movie to watch. <laughs> but <laughs> it really shouldn't. So if you make it through the intro to it and you still are laughing and want to keep going, just settle in for the ride because it's absolutely delightful. My favorite is my favorite comedy of all time. And it is... The Three Amigos! <laughs> it is the funniest movie ever made. End of discussion. I love that movie. It is so, so hilarious. I laugh so hard, I cry when I watch that movie. It is absolutely
0: brilliant and beautiful and perfect. I probably should re- rewatch that. I, I loved it. I loved. I used to watch it all the time on, on HBO in the 80s. It was on all the time. And I would quote that also. So I, I probably should see it again one of these days. It's been is. a few years since I've seen it. You minutes. should
1: go talk to, you should just go talk around to the singing and bush. When you see a bush <laughs> and ask them if they're a singing bush because I'll do that just, just to satisfy myself. Excuse me, can you lead us to the singing bush? La, 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 la. Where's the singing bush? Do you know where the singing
0: bush oh, is? So you shot the invisible horseman. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Oh, absolutely. All right, great. So another segment that we do every single day is the off the beaten track segment where my guest or myself will give a little story of a adventure or misadventure that one of us might've had at some point over the course of our lives. So Heather, you got one for us.
1: I do. I'm going to give you a literal off the beaten path story as well. When I was uh, young, my brother and I would go up North, which in Michigan means that we're going to Northern Michigan where the woods are. And you're not by all the peoples. My grandparents moved up there too. Wait, the you're talking about the UP, or are
0: you're just city? saying upper, upper? Uh... Grayling, Grayling okay. area. So, so not UP, but northern okay. Michigan. Everyone, whatever uh, everyone said to me that they were going up north, it was always the Mackinac Island. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like north of Gladwin. I think is kind of the the basic. My dad still calls Gladwin north.
0: Okay.
1: up north. I'm like, that's not up north. That's middle. That's that's the middle of Michigan. Yeah, but grayling area all woods over by camp grayling that kind of thing we went up there all the time my brother and i loved the woods born and raised playing in the dirt we're happy out in the wilderness my mom on the other hand you got near one mosquito or a bug and she was running in the house screaming and crying <laughs> we spent a particularly long visit at my grandparents which for her would get dull i could watch the weather channel for a week straight back then so i was fine she said, let's go on adventure, and they lived in the middle of the woods. There were paths and whatnot behind the house, but they went in multiple directions for miles. So we went out, and she decided she wanted to be adventurous, which we thought was so cool. And I have no idea how long we were on. I was quite little at the time, but we were gone for a while, and it was starting to get dark. And she said, we should turn around and go back. She couldn't find her way back. You live in the
0: breadcrumbs. <laughs>
1: No, but we did, and that's how we got back, not on purpose. My brother had been dragging a stick behind us the whole way, which my mom was complaining about. She said, you're making noise. We're not going to see any deer if you keep making noise with your stupid stick. Well, my brother's stick
0: saved us. Wow.
1: It wasn't... It uh, luckily a lot. Uh, we went through a lot of sandy parts, so we had to go wander around and try and figure our way back. And after we got to a certain point, I was at least familiar enough with where we were to get us back home. But yeah, we we followed my brother's stick trail, and that was that was pretty much how we got back.
0: That is so cool. <laughs> that is such a great story. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's the most lost I've ever been. I I don't I don't like being lost. I don't like I don't like being off the beaten path. Unless yes, I have a understandable.
0: All right, great. You want to tell people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Uh, yeah. You can always go check out our our older episodes of the MilfCast on YouTube or on Podomatic. We're still there. We're on a really long hiatus, and it's more my fault than Kai's this time. And if you want to follow Fitness Fun, I I do running and stuff on Instagram at Heather Time. Alright, cool.
0: And to find me is very simple. You just do a quick search for Movie Minute on Facebook, on Twitter, on the internet. You can get to my website and you can just find, you know, right now we're in the middle of season two. It's not too not too late to, to catch up on it and you know, getting ready for season three. So it's gonna keep going. Heather, you feel like coming back in tomorrow? I sure can! Alright, excellent. So, until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine.